Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everybody, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you in Oilers Now. It's 106 in Everton, hour number two of the show, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour and 39 seconds time from Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins, of course, part of the Oilers Radio Network as well. And at uh, 135 today, our weekly update from the farm in Bakersfield, 12, 1, and 4 in their last 17 games. Bakersfield Condors head coach, Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers 5 0 one heading into the all-star break. You can reach us at any time in the River Cree Resort Casino. Hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Open 24-7. And uh, you can also text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And lots of texts coming in. Don't be offended if we can't get to all of them. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. That text line again. 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street. 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We'll tell you. Japanese Village open to serve you at uh, any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Japanese 85 Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff at Japanese Village will look after you. All right. Uh, without further ado, he's been kind enough to join us here high above the 8th floor at Rogers Place. He's a big fan of Def Leppard. Yep. Big fan of Def Leppard. Brendan, you can let that hook if you want to grab that right now. I don't know. Or is that... I got you an in- instrumental. You just keep talking away. All right. You got me an instrumental. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. There you go. Must be switch 625. Is that what it is? I'm guessing. That's the one that came out of bringing on the heartbreak on High and Dry. I heard you play Guns N' Roses off the top. Uh, that came out in 88. Uh, Def Leppard's Hysteria came out in 87. Didn't really catch uh, catch on until 88, though. Yeah. Uh, when Pour Some Sugar came out, and it really took off from there. And I, I know you mentioned Joshua Tree, I believe, also was 87. So three big albums right around the same time. I mean, I think a lot of it. Now, I'm not a huge U2 fan. Yeah, uh, I am. You know that. Uh, I do know that. And, and I really think that's Guns N' Roses' best albums. I mean, the, they put out those two Use Your Illusion albums in the early 90s, which are, I mean, I almost wish they just would have put out one album with the best 15 songs as opposed to two albums with 14 songs each or whatever. Yeah. But there is some good stuff on there. But, yeah, those were for, and I, I guess U2 is a little more in the, or at least at that time, they would have been a little bit more in the alternative rock category as opposed to the you know hard rock or, sure. or melodic rock like Leopard and Guns N' Roses. But three of the biggest albums of the 80s would have been 87, 88, those three. I, I think that, you know, as a, as a person who loves music and a wide range of music, um, I think that one of the things, when I mention you two, that right now we've got people listening to the show and some of them don't like the preachiness of, of sort of what you two advocated for. Uh, and, I mean... I sort of got into them. I'll tell you, I got into them in '86, and it's the first year I went to work up north. 
And so, you know, the unforgettable fire and boy and that sort of stuff, October, those, you know, I was like, wow. I mean, that was a, an eye-opener for me. Uh, Guns and Roses, partially because of, frankly, sport, right? It was used so often. Welcome in, to the Jungle guy used yeah, a ton. With, with, Still does. And, you know, you look at the, uh, I was going to say, uh, What's his face? Uh, he used to be on before my show on on twelve six. Uh, Jim Rome. I was going to say the Jim Jerome show. Uh, Jim Jerome's a great guy. With all due respect to Jim, not quite as talented as Jim Rome, but uh, you know that, they use that for years. So um, a lot of you know a lot of time. Uh, Def Leppard also had, did they not have a prominent uh, couple songs back in like eighty two eighty three. Well, Pyromania that came right. out in '83. That was right. their there was their third album, but that sort of really launched them right. uh, worldwide, and and they that actually uh, helped them. I, I believe that was big. Like they were kind of bigger in the states before they were bigger in, big in the UK. Okay. So certainly, Photograph and Rock of Ages off Pyromania are two of their signature songs, and lately on their tours, those are the final two songs of the encore. Now, Tom, the Tom Cruise movie, which they use poor. Uh, Sugar, did they not? Uh, well, the movie was called Rock of Ages. Right. Yes, he sang. He sang "Pour Some Sugar." I, mean, I thought he did okay, actually. So did I. Yeah, I thought he did okay. Yeah, it's kind so, of a fun movie. I know so, it didn't it didn't do very well, but I thought with all the '80s rocks rock songs in it, it was kind of fun. And if we want to go really eclectic, uh, back in the day, since we both worked at CGSR, uh, me, mom, and Morgan Taller used to have me chuckling because they used to make fun of guys like me. You know, oh, okay, g- I, don't, I don't remember. I mean, you, were, you have much stronger ties than I. Mike, my ties are just through you pretty much. Yeah, so uh, for back in the day. All right, well, let's get to it, Reed. Uh, you're, you know, hosting Inside Sports, and you host uh, Oilers uh, pre- and post-game with uh, Rob Brown and, uh, you know, myself and Cam and uh, Jack uh, join you as well. We're basically at the midway point here. It wasn't supposed to be the midway point, but it is. Um, the team goes in on a it, – it's been a – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stranger, 16 and oh, yeah, 5, sure. 2, 11 and 2, and then 5, 0 oh, and 1. Where are we at right now? Give me your assessment of what you think this team is at this time. What they are right now. Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, th- I think they're still finding their way because they had so many nights, as all teams did. But having said that, you can't deny the fact that it, it affects your team to have significant players out. Right. Like Nugent Hopkins, like Hyman, McDavid missed a game. I mean, all the, all the defensemen... <laughs> missed games or games along the way. So I think we're still on the verge of finding out exactly who the Oilers are. I think the record is is fair given their performance. I mean, if they'd got to this point going, um, what, 5-3-1 and one in every nine-game segment, maybe people would, wouldn't feel as uh, as uncertain as they do because that 115-game stretch was, was so bad. Look, Bob, I, I look at this, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comment on each position set about okay. where we go from Let's here go. and what's going to help define the team. And, and, and you've talked about it, and this is kind of a no-brainer, but Mike Smith, what has he played, five and a half games? Right. Six appearances, left halfway through the Anaheim game. Actually wasn't having a good night that night even before he left with injury. So what happens there? And I, and I think so much of how Ken Holland is going to behave close to the trade deadline is going to be determined by how Mike Smith plays over the next, 
I don't know, four to five weeks. I mean, probably into early March. Well, maybe not even five weeks now. Maybe we're down to four weeks. He is the number one goalie. Koskinen's one loss record is actually quite respectable. And the, Now, I know the save percentage doesn't look very good because when he's off, he's off, as right. we know. So it drives the save percentage down. But I think if, if, uh, if you told people before the season, well, Smith is going to miss basically half the year, and Koskinen's going to have, what is he, six games above 500? No, he's more than that. He's 16 and 8. Sorry, sorry, eight games above 500. Yeah. Then you'd, you'd probably think, okay, well, that's not too bad. But how is Smith going to play? Can he handle the load? Can he play two-thirds of the time? Can he, uh, you know, be like he was last season, where he was a really good backbone for the team throughout most of the season? So, it, now, if, if that doesn't happen, then I think you might see the Oilers be very active looking for a goaltender because I think, you know, again, we know who Koskinen is. On defense, I look at it, Bob, and I say, what's the defense missing? Do they have sort of that big crusher-type, sturdy, cycle-killer, shutdown minutes, low-event hockey, and as the season goes on, the grinding picks up, the physical play picks up, sometimes the penalty calls decrease, so do they have that guy who can shut it down, settle it down, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you always love to forget to get goals and points if you can, but the, the goals and points aren't a priority. You know? So now, is, can Laguson take on some of that role? I know we touched on last week that we've seen improvement there, yeah. and he is, what is he, 26 now? So, uh, but that, that's a huge reach. Uh, exa- to know. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So can he do some of that perhaps, but are they going to have to look outside the organization for that? They, they might have to. I think other than that, the, the decor is, you know, okay. I think they've got some guys falling into place, and certainly Bouchard has come on. And up front, now we know the lines change all the time. They can change game to game, shift to shift. But what are the pairs going forward? You know, it appears Kane and McDavid is going to be a pair. I, I would imagine they would like to keep it that way. Kane has two goals in three games. So far, so good. Nuge and Hyman. Now, I, I've, said, I've said a lot this season. I would love to see Hyman with Dreisaitl just because of how they play and how they can possess the puck down low and grind. Having said that, you got Nuge and Hyman who are both reliable, intelligent players. And maybe you give the Oilers a legitimate third line. And so then who's going to be the pair with Dreisaitl? Will it be Yessi? Will Yama wind up back down there? Is Fogel going to keep getting a look? Is McLeod going to keep getting a look? Maybe because of his speed and his sort of... He, he looks more composed and more sure of himself as we go along. So up front, what will the pairs be? Can the Oilers continue to have three effective lines? All right, just uh, we'll start since you brought up goaltending. Miko is 16-8-2 this year, only a 900 save percentage. Uh, the Oilers are 25th in the NHL at the All-Star break and save percentage at 898. Last year, they finished 7th. So they've got to find a way. Uh, they were 9 10 last year, Reed. They're at 898. To me, Edmonton has to finish. If they're 906 or 907 above, uh, above 906 or 907 by the end of the year, that means they're going to be like 912, 19, 913 second half. They'll make the playoffs if they have oh, that, for sure. that, that type of save percentage. Um, their points percentage is at 583, almost identical to what it was in 1920. Okay. They're in the right division. We know well, that because done. no one's separated uh, from the pack. They're their scoring's gone up over the course of the last four seasons, but they've gone from 2.75 goals against per game to 3.29, and their penalty killing after going second and ninth the two previous years is a 21st. Who do you need to have your best penalty killer? Your goaltending. Goaltending is going to... It starts with Smith. It starts with, does Smith and Koskinen get to where Ken Holland, when he looked at this team back on July the 28th, said, this is, this is what we got. Um, the forwards... 
I agree with you. It's interesting. I'd almost say that Yamamoto is part of the tandem with Drysaddle. Leon likes playing with him. He gets him the puck. I know he does. He's not an elite level finisher. Frankly, I got to tell you, uh, Yamamoto scored. I don't know about what you listeners felt, and I'm going to get your thoughts right now. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. For somebody who's maybe a little bit old school, I'm going to guess you really liked it. But the, the the incident against Washington, when when Hathaway sat there and trucked uh, Connor right. in the collision, and Yamamoto followed him up and cross-checked him twice as hard as he could from behind, I loved it. Okay? You got to do that. Like, you know, I, I know it sounds old school, and it's a... His, his equalizer is his stick in that situation. He's not going to be able to sit there and square up, but he sure in heck can stick him, and, we, and he did. And I think he dragged some more of his players on his team in that scenario as well. I, I, I've, Diamamoto scored, you know, I know Leon really likes playing with him. Poyarvi's looking a little bit lost right now, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fogle, to me, his analytics suggest he's better than what the plus minus indicates, which is maybe why plus minus is a BS stat. If I'm Ken Holland, I'm not done improving the forwards. Okay? And I'll tell you why. Because I think the easiest thing you can get is adding another bottom six forward that can play. Okay? I think the, I think it's tough to get goalies. You talked about that defenseman. Maybe they're going to give Lagason the first opportunity. If Alan Walsh was listening to the show right now, he'd say, just give my guy a damn chance. Look at the numbers. The numbers are good on Lagason, mm-hmm. right? But... I'm still like uh, it's high-end competition uh, in a playoff series. Right, like, well, like what, what's going to happen when you face the top eight teams in the division instead of you know? So, I'm still from the show me state on Lagason, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he deserves better than that. Bait again, his numbers aren't bad yet. So, I, I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see. So overall, overall. So are you are you looking at? So you think Yamamoto still might wind up with Leon? But then, and then yes, he might go back to Connor, or or that's a, f- a spot in flux. Uh, I mean, I'd still. I mean, you and I talked about this a lot, and we thought it might happen. I'd still like to see Kane, Hyman, and McDavid. In I the thought line. that was. No, but here's the thing: you can pretty much put Hyman in the, anywhere. In the top nine. <laughs> that's that's the beauty of that's it. That's right? how good he is. Yeah. yeah. What I like is what he's doing with Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, they've been great. Like that's that that that's a game changer for me. Holloway comes up. Does he play in the top nine? I think he skates well enough. Uh, does that move Fogel all the way down to the fourth line left wing? I don't know. Maybe it does. And 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 then you're looking at. I mean, are you looking at Fogel and Fogel and Cassian on the right side? Or, or sorry, Fogel and Cassie on the, on on the, the fourth on line. The fourth line if with he, Ryan or Shore. Potentially with Ryan or well, I would assume it'd be Ryan, just because they'd want a right right-handed center, right? Uh, right-handed shooting center. But I mean, it's not like Ryan. I mean, Ryan's got decent analytics too, and that's part of the the challenge with Shore is he's got. I I still think they got to even if they bring up Holloway, I wouldn't mind seeing them add another forward. And my theory is they're the easiest to get. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a dramatically improved forward group from what you had a year ago against the Jets. Yes. Does it allow uh, right. you? Does does it give you more possession time and more zone time, more opportunities to score? Like Connor McDavid right now, statistically, 
has been unlucky not to have con- had uh, more pucks go in when he's on the ice. Like the the expected goals has been way higher than what's actually resulted in goals. So now is part of that though because you mentioned Puliyarvi struggles over about the last yes, fifteen games. There's no and question. Connor would have been with him for probably a, a bunch a, of a, ten or eleven of those games. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think of uh, where we're at here with the potential options on the right side. I mean, I I mean if Holloway, you got you got Kane. McLeod, Hyman, and Fogel. Fogel's already playing fourth line left wing. And Ryan was playing fourth line right wing last game, and Shore was in the middle, and Ryan was taking the draws. Right. Uh, Yamamoto, Pogliarvi. I, I, I think we're, I wouldn't, if you talked about Tandems, maybe the Tandems, McDavid and Kane, maybe it's Cassian that's up there. Uh, and that it's, you know, and then do you look at putting Yamamoto with Dreisaitl, where do you put full? And I guess it all depends on how you you end up deciding what to do. I mean, the point here is there's options. So there, there's options in forward. They can't expect any injuries. Are you surprised on defense they haven't looked at any point, Reed, in in playing Keith and Bouchard together? They've they played Keith and CC together. Those guys have played 1,800 games, and they've played uh, Nurse and Bouchard together. Yeah, a lot against uh, and those guys play a lot. And I just wonder whether or not. A different, like, yes, I, I'd like to see that yeah, because I'd like too. to see Nurse and CeCe together because I think CeCe has been quite steady and Nurse has been Nurse. I mean, I think we knew he wouldn't score at the rate he did last year where he capitalized on Ottawa goaltending for a lot of his goals. And I think with Bouchard is, he. I mean, obviously he's he's great with the puck. I, I think he still needs, and this happens with a lot of younger defensemen, I think he still needs to develop a little bit more of a firmness to his game, if that's the word I, w- I would use. And then if, if Keith is on the ice, well, we know that Keith has that. And quite frankly, I think Keith's... This is this is might, might seem odd to say they were 16-5, and five, but I think Keith has been better in the most recent 20-game segment me, as me opposed too. to the first 20-game Not segment. Not even close. Yeah. He's, since Christmas, he's been their best defenseman. He has been. He's been their best defenseman since Christmas. I mean, he's had a couple plays where he gapped up and didn't have the backside support. But he he does a great job of neutralizing teams off the rush in the in the zone, and he's I think His, he, look Keith's and this is you and I talked about in the summer. We talked to people about Chicago. Keith's concern was the skating. He's not as fleet of foot as he as he used to be. It's pretty and, pretty, and to me, pretty smart. Well, right, but the, how do you make up for it? Yeah, right. So sure, there's some races he, he's going to get beat to the puck, but I but I I would agree. I mean, I was. I was leery about some of that acquisition, but his last 20 games have the been guy, good. The guy that's a, that doesn't have the makeup speed on defense is Barry. And yes, you, know, you notice it because if it's a 50-50 puck, he's in the back pedal. He well, is, and that's, you know, I, I hesitate to even say this, but, you know, Rob and I are getting asked a lot about it now. Is Barry redundant? Because of Bouchard. If, if Bouchard. Yeah. Now, having said that, Barry still has... <laughs> A lot more games under his belt, and is still uh, he's still excellent with the puck on his stick. But again, grinding playoff series, same team every second night for two so weeks. So what's what's the play? And we're getting that text coming in right now. Uh, Hacksaw says, Bobby, to me, if the Oilers can't develop a harder to play against game, they're done. Uh, and I think that's a sentiment that's out there. And I think we're slow. I think it's fair, but I think I think the addition of Hyman. Uh, and, and and if they get another forward, so me me and look, I, I I don't have any names on the top of my head right now, but maybe you get a forward off maybe a middle of the pack or flat out lousy team, who's on that team's first or second line, 
and you say, you know, you come to Edmonton, you d- you don't have to necessarily score as much. You're you're on our third or even fourth line. How much of a game changer is Kane? We need you to grind. Well, right now he's huge. I mean, I, th- I think he's huge. I mean, he's got the goals. He's got two goals in three games. Uh, he's got the he's got the toughness. Uh, I, again, I think McDavid, it, it, without talking to him, it seems like McDavid is happy to play with him. And that everything changed to me. <laughs> like, look, like somebody called Rob and I after the game and said, why is Perlini out of the lineup? And, I, and we were like, well, fair question, because he did have three goals in four games, and he's got an excellent release. But when you, got, when you traded for Kane and got Nugent Hopkins and Hyman back a game apart... You've had three top six yeah. players, so where? Yeah, so they got where does, lot, I mean, so where does Perlini fit? So yeah, I I think Kane to this point has been a huge game changer. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm here's 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 where I'm at right now, and people can say this is a, a stupid uh, process to have, but to me it is a process. They got to find out what they got with Smith and Koskinen. Now many well, that's of you, number one, right? That, that is Man, absolute number one. But let's just assume that they can go with Smith and Koskinen. And people might say, Stoffer, that's a flat, flawed, uh, flawed perspective to have. If they know they can go with Smith or Koskinen, to me, the addition that they need to make is they need to change a dynamic in their bottom six. And if they're moving an asset, it, it, and I'll circle back, it runs right in our lead into our show every day. It needs to be for a player that still has term left in his contract. I don't want to see an Athens CU trade or a Green trade. Yeah, I, I don't want no, to see. A tra- I don't want to see trades like that because. So if you're going to step up and make a move, it's got to be a, find this year's Blake Coleman. Find who that is. Look at distressed organizations. By distressed, I mean organizations that are maybe out of it that are going in a little bit of a rebuild, like New Jersey was when Coleman was oh, there. Oh, which is interesting because that's half the East already, basically. Yeah, almost There's a couple teams in the West too. Yeah, and are there players on those teams? That you can, and, and maybe they're not the star players. Like maybe they're middle six forwards, or they're they're seven through ten forwards, and maybe those forwards with term can give you something back. Where if you move a, you know, a, maybe a little bit more significant asset than people thought, it allows you to do some different things. No, again, it's tied to the goaltending because you got to know. Well, that steadies everything. Right. I mean, he's look at Koskinen's last five games. I mean, you might be able to debate a couple of individual goals, but most nights he's kept the other team to two or less. So I, I just – I still wonder, Bob, goaltending is the number one question. I, I still wonder, though, especially if you look at Holloway being a possible addition. And, again, I don't want to put too much on the kid. But, right. But he'd be, it sounds like he's very smart and very well-rounded. I, I still wonder if, for me, if, if, you, if you don't go after some sort of a defenseman. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you mean if you add Holloway, if you add Holloway, then that means one is Shore or Derek Ryan doesn't play, if you add Holloway. Because you're going to assume McDavid, Kane, Yamamoto, Drysettle, McLeod, Pogliarvi, RNH, Hyman, and Cassian, those nine are going to play for sure. Fogel's going to play as a 10th forward. Uh, and if you add Holloway, there's your 11th forward. And then one is Shore, Ryan. That's your 12th, right? So, and I'm saying I might be inclined. I mean, the guy I like is Nick Paul in Ottawa. Right. Um, but he's he doesn't have term, right? Isn't he? He doesn't uh, have term. Uh, so he, you'd have UFA, to. right? Well, and, and then I guess I'm giving up a different amount. 
and I just wonder whether or not there's a guy or two out there that might have some term left that might be able to step in and play and give you something that upgrades what you got in your bottom six. Reed, what do you got coming tonight on Inside Sports? It's good seeing you, by the way. Yeah, it's good seeing you as well. We'll have all the latest in practice here, which is going to start at 2. Uh, Kelly Rudy's on tonight, and we will catch up with Dan O'Toole. Oh, former play-by-play voice for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. What year was he in Fort Mac? <laughs> uh, right when I started in Lloyd, like 2000. Really? I never yep. knew that about him. Yep. All these years. There you go. Thanks, Reed. Okay, see you, Bob. We went right into a break. Blew oh, my right goodness. right through two commercial <laughs> We're breaks. We're too yappy. There we go. 128 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, we'll get an update from the farm with Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.